welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell. We're here to talk about the Wednesday, December 27th NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, how you doing? Uh, how was your holiday? And uh, how you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? Well, you didn't introduce me correctly. It is best ball finalist in the DraftKings best ball final, DJ Mitchell. Um, it's about time you joined that you club, I not, say. You know. You did make it last year. I don't remember. I, 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 this is not to be mean. I know it wasn't perfect, but like I truly don't remember exactly how you finished. Was it like I finished like almost dead fucking last? Uh, it was uh, truly yeah. impressive how colossal uh, garbage my team was that final week. Yeah, I yeah I I, I give myself thirty seconds. I'm gonna click the timer now. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thirty seconds on the clock. We're just gonna say I think my team has some level of upside, but probably capped at like. Hopefully being uh, a really, it's a really good cash build type of situation for me. I, I'm optimistic that I can make it into that top, you know, 200 or so and maybe make some money. But uh, yeah, it'll be Jalen Hurts naked against Arizona, um, Cooper Cup, JT, and the boys uh, going for a million for me and time. Thank Ooh. you. So back to hockey. Yeah, we have uh, 14 games. Uh, on the yeah, so, good, good times. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, DJ. Uh, 14 games on the docket here. Um, we did not have, uh, there was a holiday like CBA mandated break, so we don't have any practices from, uh, you know, since Saturday. Uh, some of these teams last played Friday, even. Um, so there's a lot of guesswork that goes on uh, to this podcast. Uh, I would expect most teams have morning skates on Wednesday. So, you know, uh, if we mention a particular area of interest and you're listening, mm-hmm. Uh, go out, check the Discord, check Twitter, because odds are we'll get an update, you know, before game time on Wednesday. But, you know, uh, good contests, uh, 25K to first in the, the Premier 444 contest. Uh, there's been no satellites for it, so I'm pretty interested to see, uh, you know, how, how that goes, uh, like filling-wise. And even the $15, 20K to first. So get in there. Um, you know, hopefully there's no overlay, because there's there was overlay last week, and it made this look like uh, assholes when we complained about this, the contest sizing on these, um, you know, premium slates. Well, there's 14 games, so get in the lobby, get in there, have a good time. DJ, what do you got to say before we get into things? Oh, uh, yeah, no, 14 games. Uh, hopefully everyone had a good holiday, and I say we just go game by game, because we're, God, I, we'll read off the lines as we do them. Reading all 14 games of lines with really no information is probably worthless. So I say we jump right into Columbus and New Jersey, unless if you have any brothers. Yes, I have uh, one other thing. Uh, make sure uh, you are betting the ice or betting the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we're all on a holiday hangover here at the Morning Ski Podcast. Um, like DJ says, you know, uh, we'll go through some lines while we are reading uh, through the game for DFS purposes. But of course, you know, there's an active betting community within the Morning Skate Podcast group. Uh, check out the betting tab. You know, we've got people talking about shot props and DJ's always posting uh, random things, be it from Puck, Puck Luck or from his research, um, you know, uh, props galore over on DraftKings. Download the app now and use code THPN. If you you or a friend need to make an account, new customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 
www.1800gambler.net in New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill and Casino. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Okay. Um, thank you for DraftKings for sponsoring this podcast. Now let's dig into the slate. DJ, where do you want to start? Yep. So Columbus at New Jersey, it's a over seven uh, at plus 100, under at minus 120. So slight shade to the under seven, but still a seven nonetheless. Definitely. Devils are minus 265 favorites here. So massive, massive uh, potential for a chalk New Jersey spot. So just, just thinking this is, I believe, the highest total. Only I guess, 14 freaking games. But yeah, highest total. One of the bigger side advantages. Um, and New Jersey's played, I'd say, pretty well. I'd also add that we don't know the lines as of right now, but definitely there is enough value to make it work in New Jersey. Um, I say we just start with them and say, is this a Jack Hughes slate at 9,500? Is it a stack him with Toffoli and potentially Brat uh, type of situation here? Yeah, it does feel like a very Stars and Scrubsy type slate. Um, You know, not just uh, this matchup. You know, Columbus is on the road at New Jersey, but we also have uh, Toronto hosting Ottawa. Um, You know, Ottawa's fresh off of absolutely clowning uh, my TikTok account where I pulled the clip of us saying uh, how Colorado was maybe not in the best spot in the world. And Nathan McKinnon scored four goals against Ottawa on that Thursday slate to put up 61. All in the third period too, right? Am I wrong? I have no idea. Like, I believe believe so. I thought it was like we were immediately dead, but whatever. Um, uh, Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Colorado is on the slate. They're playing Arizona, you know, on the road. So whatever. Winnipeg at Chicago. Again, another road spot, but Chicago's a team that we love to target. Uh Vegas is at Anaheim. Anaheim is certainly spiraling a bit. And LA is hosting San Jose. So, you know, between you know, between literally five, six of those teams, you're probably capturing a ton of ownership. Um where exactly it spills out, you know, I think we'll sort of come to discover more when we're going through pricing, since obviously you can't play everyone who's super expensive. Um, but, you know, th- there will be some values. And again, this does feel like more of a punty Stars and Scrubs type slate. So uh, we'll stay tuned for some, uh, you know, confirmation of the values that we're talking about as well. But when we mention New Jersey, I mean, uh, Jack Hughes is clearly the engine. Um, if they're going, he's almost certainly going. Um, now the problem is, is they really haven't been going that much. Um, you know, you look at their last handful of games and sure they've managed to put up six on Columbus, you know, who they're playing. Um, they, they put up four against Calgary, six against Vancouver. Um, but since that Vancouver game on the fifth, they scored two goals against Seattle, one goal against Edmonton, two goals against Boston, one goal against Anaheim, two goals against Philly, three and three against Edmonton and Detroit. So the goals are not coming in bunches. The pricing on Jack Hughes in particular is very high. I think if you're playing Jack Hughes, you kind of need to play him with line mates because Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, Tyler Toffoli, Luke Hughes are all on the cheaper end of their price ranges. And so it's really tough because, you know, none of those guys have been that impressive. You know, you you heard me. They have not scored many goals and, you know, those guys would need to score to produce good fantasy nights. They're not like that cheap. They're not that much of, you know, they're not 
Brent Burns where they were, you know, peak Brent Burns where you can get seven shots and four blocks and it doesn't matter how many points he gets. Like these guys are going to be point dependent. So uh, initially I'm a little leery. Um, you know, I, I do feel like the kind of value in New Jersey between Hughes, uh, between Luke Hughes and, you know, Toffoli and he sure is, is going to draw people in. And I'm just kind of worried about that personally. Um, but, but where are you coming down on this New Jersey side? Yeah. Um, I, I think I just, A, I agree. Uh, and I, I think the thing is, it's like, it feels like, oh, it's Hughes to Foley, Brett, like that's the offense. And it's like, man, they still have Heischer and Timo that are doing things and they're not exclusively rolling out the Jack Hughes line at five on five and running it. Um, the only added benefit, as you mentioned, is the, the full power play situation, but it's still pretty pricey. I'm not fully for against it. I think it's pretty much... Uh, um, you know, it could easily put, break the slate and it could easily completely blow up in your face type of situation. So I do think I might just be all in or all out. Like if Jack Hughes breaks the slate, I think he could bring both those guys with him. Um, so I'm, I'm hesitant, but I'm not ruling this out. Um, and I'm also just, you know, I, I don't know if I would or wouldn't at this point, but I think at least I'd put, put one piece on Columbus, whether it be Marchenko at 4,900, who just has been that good. Uh, in every capacity, just you know, they're probably their best offensive player, and that's not saying a ton, but it's just true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Chinikov also with him makes sense. Like it all kind of makes sense, but you're kind of eating up your entire roster. So at least one bring back might be okay, but I don't think you need to overdo it. I don't know if I'm including Luke Hughes in this situation, but I, I am kind of just keeping an eye on him if, if things continue to trend the right way. Uh, and it's kind of been a bit hit or miss. Like the minutes have been good enough at 4k the roles definitely mm-hmm. been good enough at 4k the rates have been a bit back and forth so yeah it's mostly it's one of the more interesting games but yeah yeah what's really weird is that just the shot volume all around has been pretty low for the devils i mean we know jack Hughes is is among the most dominant shot takers in the league and just over the last stretch there really isn't much there to uh um like to that end he's only at 6.7 shot attempts per game over his last 10 which you know it's it's quite good but it's not you know uh it's not jack hughes level good where he was at eight nine even ten you know at some points uh not that long ago so there is a bit of a reduction of his shot rate uh you look at you know you mentioned luke hughes he's at 4.6 timo is at five like you know jack hughes is not uh, i guess above everyone in terms of shots now clearly that should change it could change but i think it's more just whoever plays with jack hughes is who i want to be playing here like you know if i'm playing hughes i don't want to play him one off at this point um but you know if it's timo i'm i'm kind of interested in like as soon as timo gets back into somewhat of a role where we can trust him like i kind of want to buy that because clearly he's not as bad as the player that he has been this season um, you know, he's not going to be what we, what people thought he was going to New Jersey and then coming into the season, but he's certainly going to be better than this if he's alongside Hughes, for instance. So that's what I'm watching for. Um, definitely like Luke Hughes as well, 4K. It's just the points haven't been there. And again, the team isn't scoring. If you're playing New Jersey, you're betting on the team scoring. I think he'll be involved in the scoring if it happens. So uh, yeah, keeping an eye on it, but not much interest in Columbus for me. Um yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to chase that dragon anymore. Like we even, we've even seen uh, like Baronkov's minutes really be cut. You know, he's played 14 in two of the last three games, so it's not really as safe of a 
like a full stack that I as I would like. And I think there's just far better options um, than a roads a road date against New Jersey. So uh, okay, so Washington, next, New, uh, New York. Yep, it's a exact minus one ten on the over under six. Um, Rangers minus two eighteen home favorites. Uh, Capitals have been pretty good. Me and Matt were actually talking earlier about how they're like very sneakily right in the points percentage race for being a you know I mean obviously they're in the playoff race but like man they're really not that far off a uh, couple send downs uh I got the guy that I, I was not going to try again to say his name incorrectly Miro Shen Nichenko Nichenko Matt say it for me Marosh Nichenko sir yeah so I, I was close enough was sent down <laughs> And so was another guy, uh, blinking, blinking, but another guy that was playing, which kind of leads us to, is Max Patch ready back? They said real close, um, could be ready as soon as the club's next game, December 27th was what, uh, what's his name? Uh, Carberry said last practice. So that's today listening to this December 27th clash with the Rangers. That's as soon as he could be back. And they just sent down two players that are both in his way. So are we getting minimum salary patch ready? Maybe. Is he going to have a big role with this team right away? I don't know. Um, he's coming back from an Achilles injury that was very gruesome. His second one in not many games. Um, but if he's power play one and whatnot, you're looking at a minimum salary player, albeit in a bad matchup. So that kind of leads me to believe Washington's a big question mark right now, which is fine. Um, is there anything you want to mention on Washington other than that? And then do you want to get over to the Rangers? Um. So yeah, I, I I really think that Pacioretty has a clear path to power play one uh, relevance, and honestly, even if not twenty five hundred, I'm I'm more than willing to take a take a gamble. Um, that you know, even if it's not like scripted, that it just happens organically. Um, you know, just just don't forget how freaking good Max Pacioretty was when he was healthy. Now clearly he's a bit older, but um. You know, it's it's a spot where I'm really interested in just sort of uh, trying to be early to it because clearly 2500 is too cheap for a player who is going to play even second line minutes with second power play time with the sort of historical shot dominance that Pacioretty has. So as long as his efficiency isn't totally sapped, he'll be uh, very much in play. He'll probably be owned, but I, I literally think that, you know, this slate in particular sets up very well to just play anyone at that sort of ownership. And we we also have the sort of illusion that the Rangers are good defensively. Uh, we've talked about it many times over the past couple of weeks, but their defensive numbers have really fallen off from the beginning of the season. Um, it looks, yeah, based on the underlying 505 expected goals metrics um, adjusted for opponent, I have them as the second worst team in the league over the last 10 um, defensively. And they're giving up goals too. I mean, shit, they might be the giving up the most goals at five on five. Uh, let's see. They are... Even with St. Louis and, uh, ironically enough, Dallas, um, where it seems like Dallas can't buy a save. But um, in general, you know, that they're with some of the worst teams in the league. And it's not even like Igor is just straight up bailing them out every night. Um, You know, it's still not a great matchup. You know, their PK is solid and Igor's, you know, always has potential. But uh, yeah, 2,500 patch ready. No issues here. I even think 7,200 Ovechkin, if we do get the power play confirmation, like he's due for some actual good luck. I mean, yes, he's fallen off, you know, he's, he's older, whatever. 
Um, but he's among one of the least uh, lucky players in the league at this point. And so this is really shaping up to be a great slate to, you know, not only bet on the minimum salary guy in Pacioretty, not only bet on a team that we've been targeting in uh, the Rangers, you know, betting against them, but it's also a chance to bet on regression for guys like Ovechkin and Wilson who are getting tons of looks, tons of dangerous looks. We know what Ovechkin to do from the spot on the power play. And, and those aren't high expected goals looks and he's still getting high expected goals numbers. So like, you know, they're doing a lot of good things here. And I do think that is possible that Washington could be the key to unlock this slate. So uh, certainly a spot that I'm highly, highly interested in going into Wednesday's morning skates. Uh, anything on the Rangers? Uh, well, I mean, the uh, previous five games to break the top two players in the entire league in I Corsi four per game are Ovechkin and Artemi Panarin. Um, Panarin is just a whole new guy. I mean, he is out shooting guys like Pasternak over the last five by a couple shots, nothing crazy, uh, a couple attempts. But I just, again, it, it does feel like, wow, man, 7,200 for Ovechkin is a good price. And it does feel like 8,200 is a steep for Panarin. It, you're kind of just like keeping it even in this game vacuum and then you just i i just don't care like i think if you're playing the rangers and you're not playing panarin you're you're wrong um mm-hmm. he is just yeah, their I mean, offense he is the guy that's scoring goals he's shooting i i don't know what more to say panarin know, is like the third matchup, he's third in the league playing, but yeah yeah panarin is third in the league in shot mm-hmm. rate this year like this is a full-on like you know crisis like panarin has been has been awesome and i really don't think this is like a a blip or whatever like it seems totally sustainable no. Um, again, having that sort of shot rate, Pasternak, Tippett, Panarin, Jack Hughes, Forsberg, Kucherov, Verhage, Matthews, like the talent Panarin has, it's arguable that he's a 9k player at 90 or 8,200. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's yeah, certainly it's... something I like, I, I don't love it because yeah, Washington's been solid defensively, but, um, you're right. I think if you're stacking the Rangers, you should be playing Panarin with it. Yep, I think that we've made the, the perfect point right. on the Rangers. Nothing else, honestly, that I think we need to cover with them. Uh, keep an eye on Lions and whatnot, but should still be Trocek, Panarin, and Lafreniere. Uh, Lafreniere not in the first power play. Let's move on to Florida and Tampa. Um, Florida and Tampa, the Battle of Florida, some call it. It is a six and a half over under minus 130 among the top on the slate. And I also just realized there is a higher total than the first game we talked about that I just totally missed that's coming up next. Um but regardless, this is a basically a pick'em in Tampa. You know, very slight lean towards the Lightning. So ultra competitive, high scoring. Definitely feels like an environment that we want to get in on. Um, I think both sides are reasonable, and Kucherov is the third most expensive player on the entire slate. So, with all that being said. I'd say you know let's just keep with Kucherov. Let's keep it the home team. Let's start with Tampa here. Uh, how much interest do you have in them against Florida? Because I'm actually kind of afraid to play against the Panthers. Yeah, it's, you know, it's almost like with Kucherov, just the matchup doesn't matter. Like uh, at this point, like, you know, he's done it against everyone. There, there's really no real reason to think like, oh, like he can't do it here. Um, but, you know, when you have the considered pricing, I mean, he's 9,800. Um, with Sergachev potentially coming back as well, I, I think Hedman loses a bit of his luster. Um, you know, maybe 
uh, the sort of the run of form that Hedman's been on is just more of who he is. Um, he's a point of game player on the season. He should have that power play one job regardless of Sergeyev's status. Um, but it does feel a little safer when, you know, they're, they're just like, yeah, we have nobody else. You need to play 27 minutes tonight because um, that's what they were doing when Sergeyev was out. Two of the last three games, he's played 27 minutes. So um, I, I'm somewhat interested if Sergeyev misses. I think I would play Hedman with it. Um, but, you know, profile-wise, expected goals-wise, this doesn't really set up that well. Tampa's been pretty solid defensively. So have the Panthers. So, Ultimately, I think the totals and the implied team totals will lead people like to play this game somewhat. And again, 14 games, you really don't need to worry about ownership. But I think if they are among the, you know, even in the 78% range, I'm just not that interested in either side here. So uh, what are you doing with Tampa? Oh, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Um, I'm probably not playing Tampa, like I mm-hmm. said. I think that this is a pretty tough matchup, but I understand Kucherov's matchup proof but if you like kucherov so much you could probably just go into underdog and it'll be like you know the fifth player sixth player drafted or whatever and you could load up on kucherov there um i'm gonna probably just uh not invest most of my cap in him and i'll take a look at the other side uh like you mentioned circuit being back like this tampa team had been and, and i think is probably better defensively than maybe meets the eye and florida is going to shoot a whole bunch and you know, who is it going to be? It does feel like musical who's going to get five shots on goal uh, situation. Like the Chuck seemed broken until I finally said he's playing Vegas. So I'm not betting his shot prop. And then he puts up a five spot for Hagee's also been one of the best rate shooters in the entire NHL as of late. Uh, just, I mean, man, over the last five games, over nine attempts per game going into the break. Uh, I, I'm going to take a good look at it. You know, I still think Verhage keeps the top power play with the Chuck and 6766 is very enticing. But I do think you're you're playing into a bit of ownership again, as you're mentioning. And I, I'm not positive that's where I'm going to end up. But it's certainly a stack to consider with those shot rates. Um, and the matchup and the implied total is is, is interesting. Yeah, it's 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 a curiosity, I guess. Um, like you know, I don't hate it, but. Um, you know, like Kachuk for Hagee are fairly priced, you know, so on and so on. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like they they've been great. Don't don't get me wrong. But it's more of a thing where you know I I, I still am not ready to let go of the fact that I think the Stampa team is still a cup contender. You know, they they had a lot of reasons they weren't earlier, uh, in the season. But Vassy seems to be somewhat back, and their defense is certainly uh has been stellar. So, um, yeah, that's. That's mostly why I'm out on Florida, but um, same, same. Uh, I think I'm, I think I might be back in on Verhage, Kachuk over Barkov, Reinhardt. Um, Reinhardt's numbers have just really fallen off rates wise, which, you know, uh, he's, he's got the sort of looks that kind of need to be schemed versus, you know, Kachuk, Verhage, just fling it from anywhere. Um, so if mm-hmm. they're not, you know, setting him up in net front, like he's not going to get those dangerous chances. So yeah. Um, yeah, not a situation I'm overly excited about. He's very similar to Braden Point. I'd rather just play Braden Point in this game because uh, center is much tougher to fill, in my opinion, on this slate. Okay, yeah. Ottawa, Toronto, uh, Matthews, $10,000. Uh, we actually got him there on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Um, but, you know, it's very rare we see five-digit players. Um, so, you know, take take a look, take a bow, Austin Matthews. Um, congratulations on having 28 goals in 30 games. I mean, he's 
otherworldly. I, I, I don't know. There's not enough adjectives yep. to describe Austin Matthews. So uh, amazing player, amazing play. You know, the matchup, yeah. who are we to tell you about Ottawa being fine? I don't know. They're not. They suck. Who cares? Uh, Toronto's very good. Doing it again, so. yeah. Yeah, no, we, we we like Austin Matthews in this house. Um, and yeah, he could score a lot of goals. If he doesn't score a lot of goals, though, he's hurting you at 10,000. So uh, if you're playing Matthews, how are you doing it? Wow, that... Man, ah, I, I mean, I honestly think I'm not to be... Like, like, I just would rather not play the guy at the absolute peak price with again like i think i you know I've, I've been wrong before and i could easily be wrong again like i'm saying like oh well, what if mckinnon doesn't get there what if you know like obviously matthews and mckinnon and these guys that get up into this price and there are line mates that are similarly incredibly expensive like we you know nylanders 8500 yeah uh, he played but actually luckily it was back to marner matthews now that i'm double checking so i think it'll probably be marner um in which case there's a cheaper option but I might just say that this Ottawa team, once again, is not as bad as they played and get burned again. Um, their goaltending just is it this bad. Like you're that. I really don't think this Ottawa team is that bad, and their goaltending is just absolutely abhorrent. And I, didn't I you guess just tell me you weren't going to do this? I'm like you just said you weren't going to do this, and now you're doing it. All right, fine. If you're playing Matthews, playing with Marner, I don't think I'm going to end up there. I really don't. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying you just you were making the argument that Ottawa was not that bad. You just said you weren't going to make that argument, and then you made it again. So, um, that I guess that's a signal to Alpha Jam. I just awesome Matthews. Eventually, I'm going to be right on one night. (laughs) Okay, it might be one in ten, but one night I'm going to say Ottawa's going to play okay, and it's going to work. I promise they're going to win another game again. Um, no, yeah, um, I. Marner Matthews, so, isn't it? it's affordable. I hate. I it mean, here. I know what you're real... going to say Morgan Riley or something stupid. He's amazing. Like, what else do you need from from a guy who's sub six thousand to just? I mean, uh, I don't know. Morgan Riley is doing everything for this hockey team, and he's always on the ice with Matthews. So, like, uh, I think uh, so. You sort, you know, last ten games expected fantasy points. Every defenseman, you know, think of a defenseman. Guess what? Morgan Riley is outproducing him. And it's not like the actuals are that bad. You know, Darlene has been incredible. You know, he scored a bunch of goals or whatever. So he's up there. But Bouchard, McCarr, Morrissey, Anderson, Dobson, Morgan Riley in terms of actual fantasy output. So like, you know, that that's a pretty good company to keep. Uh, I'm going to almost tell you with certainty that if all those dudes are on this slate, they're all more expensive than Morgan Riley. Um yeah, I mean, we're looking, even Josh Morrissey is 6,500, and I think we'll get ownership against uh, Chicago here. Well, Rasmus yeah. Anderson is 100 more. So, like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, Morgan Riley is, I think, underappreciated. Um, he's been everything since John Klingberg has missed, uh, you know, was shut down due to injury, so to speak. Um, but, you know, power play one, always on the ice with the, the main guns, uh, power or penalty kill time. Um, also penalty kill time with the main guns like you know this team just is run through these uh you know premier players and morgan riley is truly one of those premier players so um yeah i don't know 5.6 blocks plus shots per game over the last 10 that's also what third in the nhl for defensemen so like 
Uh, yeah, actually, it's second because Adam Boakvist makes that list too because he only played one game. Um, so yeah, Morgan yeah, Riley highest total. Highest jamming. total. Both goalies are going to be absolutely awful, like always, because yep. both teams have abhorred goaltending, and it's going to get there. And I'm going to be sitting there pretending I have Skolanski bucks that I don't have because I didn't play it, and it's going to be great. And I'm already mad, and I'm probably going to just completely. Go back on everything I'm saying right now and play Toronto because I'm going to be so mad at myself by the time the slate locks that I'm just going to jam Austin Matthews and Mitchell Marner, and I guarantee Nylander is going to score five goals. Um, oh, boy, I hate that. I don't know why I hate this game. It's like the best game on the slate, and like nothing really leads me. Uh, you know, honestly, I just I, – it does feel like it's a big, It's going to be just if goaltending falls apart, then it gets there. But whatever. We don't have to worry about that. On the other side, the team in Ottawa will have to play against – Either Ilya Samsonov or Martin Jones, it would seem. Um, Samsonov is rocking a 871 save percentage. He has been pulled recently against the Sabres. He kept giving up five. He gave up six to Columbus. Um, so, yep, not going well for him. Or maybe they start Martin Jones. Um, Martin Jones played a good game against Columbus, but has also given up nine goals in his past three, like I'm kind of alluding to. Boy, not great. Um, also, I mean, 917 save percentage in this uh, five starts and however many he came in for Samson off, so whatever. Are you at all interested on this Ottawa side? I mean, this this Ottawa team is just reeling. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, they have to find a way to win right now. Uh, season already feels over. Uh, but any thoughts on Ottawa? Um, Gosh, I... I want to like a guy like Jake Chikrin, but he's still on the top power play. Jake Sanderson is just so aggressively meh that like I don't see much value there. And then like Brady Kachuk is probably a, yeah like a good value, but like um, you know I just don't know where you're finding the money, and I'd much rather play the Toronto side. So no, I don't think there's anything here. Um, how about our King Josh Norris? He's got goals in five straight, um, six of seven. And uh, seven of nine. So, you know, a little uh, little bit of a run of form there for 5,200 Josh Norris. Uh, any interest in one-offing the guy who is a, you know, premium goal scorer in the NHL? I mean, um, maybe. So last game it was yeah. Norris, Giroux, and Brady Pachuk. I kind of feel like if you're going to be playing, like, I feel like you could, you could easily get Brady in that mix. Like Norris getting there could easily come that you know brady tipping wonder slamming one home off a rebound and like you know getting a couple of assists um last game ottawa didn't have matthew joseph um they just sent down a couple guys i kind of think he returns to the lineup as well so there could be a shakeup in general but also last game stutzel and okay they won in overtime played 27 minutes so like stutzel drew norris and brady just getting absolutely all of the run um I yeah I could be talked into a couple of these players I, I really could but I think at the end of the day I'm just gonna end up not doing it uh, but I do think if you're playing Toronto and you want to bring it back with just Norris then it kind of makes sense is that kind of what you mean Yeah that's kind of what I mean um, because like, you know a, nothing Okay then yeah I could see it in that capacity yeah like Cause... Matthews Marner Riley and then bring it back with just Norris because center is kind of tough yeah I, I, yeah I could buy that. I'm not sure how well Norris projects on a day-to-day basis either because he's, you know, he's the prototypical like low volume, high efficiency type guy. 
like, you know, uh, Steven Stamkos is the epitome of that in this NHL. And so I just don't think you can get him enough shots. You obviously can't get him enough blocks. You really can't feed him much assist equity either. So, like, I don't think he'll be that owned, despite this game total being obnoxiously high and him being yes. on this crazy run of form. Um, so, like, yeah, I just feel like locking in double digits from Josh Norris, you know, if this game goes crazy, because um, he's such a good goal scorer. He's so dynamic on the power play. Like, it's just... Seems very, very, uh, you know, uh, realistic to me to to kind of nab that into a to a game or to a game stack. So, uh, yeah, Kachuk is very hard to fit in that game stack. Was my other point. So, uh, anything else here, yeah. or should we move on? Nope. Just again, it, I, as I kind of alluded to, is the highest total seven minus one fifteen, and it's actually not as big of a favorite as we might make it sound it's a minus 170 for toronto but i feel like we're kind of making it sound like oh boy like this ottawa team is just awful and it's like eh, well they're bad but plus 142 isn't that crazy so let's move it's over like, it's just like awesome matthews is so automatic too it's like what well, what else do you need to see like dude gets five shots a game he scores two of them like <laughs> it's just it just seems so sustainable for him like it's just he's from a different planet i think um well, so he hasn't anyway. run into Ottawa lately, so I don't know. I've never seen him score four goals against Ottawa. That never yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, ask ask Mr. Nate how, how that goes. Buffalo. Hmm. All right. I don't Boston recall anything ever other than the fact that game's going to break me. Um, it is a six over under in Buffalo. Buffalo is home underdogs at plus 130. It's a minus 155 for Boston. Um, Boston... I think it's getting healthier defensively. They've actually been pretty bad. I think that's, you know, I would so say the bad. team in general has been. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Thank you. Okay, You're going to okay. double down so, for me. Sorry. So I'll take sorry. it. I, I feel like it, but like record wise, they're not that bad, right? Yes. I mean, no, you're, you're right. They're, they're on a bit of a skid. They've lost you know, so, uh, three yeah. straight going into the break, but um, you know, it, it, yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I, I just feel like as a Sabres fan, it's kind of disingenuous to me to be like, this team's not playing very well. They're not winning games when it's like the Sabres haven't won two in a row since I believe it was the Clinton administration by birth. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, and, and Boston's like 1976. And I'm like, oh, this team isn't very good. But no, like defensively, they actually haven't been very good either. Um, yeah, so, let's see. yeah. Last time in a row for Boston. The last Boston. time they've won three games in or two games in a row was. Uh, the beginning of this month 12 2 and 12 3 they won back to back at toronto and columbus so there you go uh otherwise they've been trading losses they've lost four straight going into the break i was talking mistake. about buffalo okay sorry we were talking about boston i wanted to make sure i wasn't wrong oh. dj okay i was just saying that both teams are have been playing bad really is, is the point i was it doesn't matter okay let's get back on track here boston is getting healthier they're back from a break um, they sent down a couple defensemen in Bahora or whatever this freaking name is and Mitchell and guys that are bad that shouldn't have been playing. And it sounds like they're going to get guys back that are uh, maybe not as bad. Like Greslick, who came back and then got hurt immediately, didn't he? Yeah, he played yes. like 13 minutes. I Okay, so he I, he might be back again. I, I, I don't know. Okay, you know what? This has gone off the rails. I, I'm probably not playing this game, um, but... Boston is the only expensive and I don't know. Yeah. The only reason to consider it is that both Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner are sub 6,000. Yeah. Um, 
and, and you know, like 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 you're saying, Boston's been banged up. Um, so keep tabs on you know, injuries and whatnot. Um, but they have been pretty poor defensively. And so you you combine the fact that Buffalo's been fine offensively, that they're scoring a bit now, even now scoring nine on Toronto helps. Um, but you know, they're also getting healthier, you know, everyone tages back, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you look and all of a sudden it goes LA, Winnipeg, New Jersey, Florida, you know, four teams you would expect to see at the top of the slate based on, you know, their opponents and their team talent and the fifth team by expected goals index, a full tier above the Vegas's, the, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, whatever is Buffalo. So like, you know, there is some statistical backing to the idea that Buffalo is in a decent spot here. They're at home. And Tuck and Skinner are both very good values. So I don't think this is more than a one-off spot for me. I don't think I want to chase the Dylan Cousins points, um, just the minutes. I want to see him play 20 minutes before I really am afraid of him burying me, um, and leaving the slate behind as his price rises here. Um, but, you know, Tuck Skinner, we know exactly who they are, and that's probably a $6,500 player. You're getting a little bit of savings. Sure, fine. Uh, whatever anything else interests you or just kind of uh obligatory boston guys mention and move on uh, uh yeah i mean they still have employee david posternock okay we can move on uh and we're expecting posternock to play alongside Ma- uh zaka right marshan zaka yeah yeah, yeah. I, I assume with marshan as well but we'll see last time out it wasn't but yeah again if they're getting healthier, you could imagine them loading up a top line for sure. Um, so maybe keep tabs on it. Jake DeBrusque is 3,800 if he's alongside them. But, you know, he's been not very good. 11 points in 31 oh games God, this was, season. It was Heinen? It, it was it was Danton Heinen, That's yeah. What they uh, tried last? Oh, God. Less yeah, interesting. They're, they're reeling Four. a little bit. Let's move on. So, all right. Uh, sure. To Pittsburgh at I the Islanders. It was that dire. Hey man, uh, you know, it turns out when your goalies aren't rocking a 950 save percentage, um, you know, things are going to get a bit rough. Um, and as I say that, I'm looking at Jeremy Swayman. He's at a 930 on the season. Olmark's 913. Ridiculous. Imagine having two goalies, let alone one. Anyway, uh, Pittsburgh Islanders. Uh, Islanders have been really priced up, you know, over the last few weeks. We've been really aggressive about playing them or at least touting them at the Moinskate podcast. Um, but we're reaching a, you know, almost full on crisis mode. Matthew Barzell is reaching 7K. You know, Noah Dobson has cracked the, the 7K mark. Um, so I'll just say I'm pretty sure the value has been priced out of these guys. Um, Anders Lee continues to post really stellar numbers and he's 4,300. Um, but there's just no reason to think he's flipped Paul Mary for a power play one job. Um, so, you know, really nothing new here. It's a fine environment, but the pricing is just a little bit too extreme for me to be all that interested in the Islander side. Uh, what do you think, DJ? Yeah, no, I think that is exactly the correct summary of, uh, why I'm not playing the Islanders. It's just really the price. Um, I'd actually be more interested in Pittsburgh and in, at their price as well. I just think it's almost a bit too steep for me to, fully jump aboard um Raquel was back as we mentioned but they didn't give him the top power play run so Crosby Gensel Raquel top line I assume will stay together um and again Raquel not on the top power play but 3600 you could still get away with it playing with Crosby um and Gensel I I still just don't know if I'm going to get there on this big of a slate like you're 
eating so much cap in a game that I think is fine. Um, you know, I think like, I think I like it more than Vegas. Like Vegas has this a, a six over under minus 115 on the over. Like, I think, yeah, I think that over is fine. Like, I don't think it's a necessary bet or something that I'm ab absolutely, you know, all the way at home on, but Islanders have slight favorites. And I don't think this is a, a terrible game, but is there a slate breaking piece in this game that I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on at their price outside of Gensel Crosby? No. And I, I don't think it's as much as some others that are either cheaper or similarly priced. Yeah. Gensel was having some like slate leading numbers and those have cooled off a little bit um, recently, you know, Sid and Gensel are certainly the guys you still want, but I think Raquel is a one-off is perfectly fine. You know, in the three games he's been back, he's averaged uh, over six shot attempts per game. Um, now that's, let's see, I'm looking at 10 games for Sid and Gensel, but they're both in the neighborhood of seven. So, you know, unless things have changed dramatically, um, that that's not going to be uh, all that different. And so when one guy is so much cheaper than his line mates and yeah, just looking at the last three games, Sid, uh, 22 shot attempts, Raquel 19 and Gensel uh, 16. So Raquel's right in that mix. I think an interesting way, if you really wanted to quote unquote invest in this game, is to play Raquel with Chris Letang. Um, Letang is 4,700. You know, he's going to play 25 minutes. He's got, technically, he's got double bonus potential, but really you're playing him mostly for the point upside. Um, and, you know, he's a good player at 4,700. Like, it's a bit pricey, but should be pretty low owned. And, you know, I prefer Raquel as a one-off, but certainly don't mind the just saying, okay, well, Chris Letang is going to share the ice a bunch with him. He's a good value in his own right. Let's just do that to sort of do a mini stack of this game. But nothing else here interests me. Do you not have interest in Carlson at 5,800? It kind of feels like that's here. No, uh, that that's that was my what? catnip earlier in the year. Um Honestly, I just, it, they haven't really committed to, well, one, Malkin's not quite been as good as I was hoping he would be. Um, and they really haven't committed to like a full on, you know, Latang plays with Sid and Gensler, or uh, Malkin plays with Carlson, like I kind of thought they would. So there's really no, like, again, uh, Morgan Riley's a hundred more. He's just undoubtedly been better. I think it's a better matchup, a better game environment. So like, yeah, I'm not crazy about paying uh this money for eric carlson to be honest okay that's fair yeah we can move on. i guess he's been sh shooting a ton eight attempts per game in his last five so okay that's fair no big deal he's still pretty expensive um constrictive so we can move over to detroit minnesota okay yeah uh detroit minnesota what is there even to say mm -hmm. here um we're not sure about Jared spurgeon um, you know, the Spurgeon, Zuccarello both have been on the shelf. There's reason to believe they could be close to returning. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly if those guys both return, that makes the matchup even worse for Detroit side on the road that I really don't have any interest in. Um, Larkin's I mean, been great, but we're not sure about, we're not sure about a lot of pieces. We're not sure about Zuccarello, Hartman, Spurgeon. Um, yeah. Yeah, that Minnesota side's kind of a mess right now. And they've already been very, very uh, good other, offensively. And their goaltending is caught up to it. So, yeah. like, you know, uh, hey, they fired. Hey, look, they fired their coach and the goalies got better. And, oh, DraftKings priced them at 7,200. So, like, you know, uh, whatever. Like, um, 
that would be more interesting. You know, uh, the $7,200 favorite if Auntie Ranta weren't seeming like he was an option for Wednesday night because he's 6,500 having just been called up today. Um, but you know, uh, this is probably where you're fishing for your goalies. There's really no reason to look a gift horse in the mouth, in my opinion, because goaltender goaltender is so uh, volatile that, like, you know, you get an obvious mispricing. I think you just take it. Yep, it's a six and a half over under this game as a point flip at minus one ten. Wild or slight favorites, but I I agree that like. The pace or the shot volume, uh, low danger shot volume for against Minnesota goalies is probably a better bet to have. Um, but yeah, the, on the Minnesota side, I think the problem is is that a we don't really know everything right now. But b it's like it's not that cheap. Like Erickson, let's just say they keep the Erickson Eck Kaprizov Foley line together. I mean that is a lot. Uh, Erickson Eck is seventy four hundred. That is not a price I want to pay for Joel Erickson Eck, and he's been more expensive recently. Like it's not even like we're I'm saying this has been a you know, I mean, this, he's been up to 8K almost, like, whatever. Uh, I think I'm just out on that personally. Like, there's just better options on this slate. Um, and on the Detroit side of things, they started scoring again. I get it. You know, Patrick Kane was doing Patrick Kane things. You know what? Good to see, I guess. Whatever. Uh, you know, have him back in, in the with uh, Larkin and Debrinket. They look good. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm not going to chase it at all yeah uh, the, the only yeah, argument just a, just is a that, no for me if they priced it up and yeah so the only argument is i think if you get like an auntie ranta you know if we get confirmation that he's in you can play an austin matthews with the cane to bring it mini and like fill the rest of your lineup in you know those four guys you still have over 4k just a shade over 4k for the rest of your lineup but you can make that work um and that clearly you know if ranta's a, a good goalie and to bring it and Kane succeed, you're you're tar- you're torpedoing, you know, the substantial portion of the field that's playing Gustafson. Um, so you know, the larger your contest, the more viable that obvious uh, leverage is. But you know, in the stuff that I'm playing, that's not really super um, high priority, uh, just because the pricing on Kane and to bring it is a bit too low. But like, it's not anything crazy uh, versus the rest of the slate, in my opinion. So. Uh, yeah, that that's the only reason I would consider it. It's just like a giga brain leverage play. Good giga right. brain, good leverage play. Anything else here, or Carolina and Nashville? I got nothing. Carolina and Nashville. Uh, Andrei Svechnikov uh, played twenty minutes against the Islanders. You know that that's really really good to see. Um, he seems like he's back. Forty nine hundred Svechnikov is far too cheap. Great one off play. You can use him in a stack, um, but it seems like he's fully. Uh, sort of, you know, maybe not fully, you know, we, we want to see a run of sustained efficiency and, you know, he only has two goals in the 19 games he's played. So the efficiency isn't there, but it does seem like the volume will be there. And this is a, you know, as good a matchup as any really on the road in Nashville, th- those games, I always like them. They're always fun. You know, the, the, I don't know if maybe their broadcast overplays it, but there always seems to be some good intensity. Uh, just, you know, that the crowd's always into it. It's, it's always a fun time um, at those games. And so, I think that's only a more reason to just think that Carolina could score a bunch here because Nashville tends to score a bunch. Um, so yeah, I don't know there's, I guess a lot of nonsense there, but I'm at least keeping an eye on this spot and seeing what we get because yeah, Ranta would be fun at minimum price goalie, but otherwise this game's fine because of the Fetchnikov price, but not crazy uh, interested otherwise. 
Yep, uh, over six minus one twenty five. Carolina slate road favorites at minus one thirty five. Um, I agree. I, yeah, the Festicoff thing is is something that I've been just continuously either. I mean, I have played it and I've been burned. Um, this was the first game against the Islanders where I was like, man, it's happening. I, I know what's happening. And it, I mean, he didn't score, but he had 17 points, uh, DraftKings points at 4,800, which was totally respectable. And I could buy in. Um, let's, you know, see what the lines are tomorrow. But it was Sveshnikov, Kakadi, I mean, Nachos, um, Nachos and Sveshnikov were not correlated on the power play, sadly. So it's, it's a little bit funky. So you could just one off Sveshnik off and probably be okay. Yeah. And uh like Kokinami is was of interest, but he's not getting power play two run even. So like, you know, just no real reason to full stack Sveshnikov in in my estimation. Nah. Um if you want the what about, I mean, what about play, what about it's, it's burns. Yeah. Like yep. if you like pain, Brent Burns didn't is even have your to finish option. my fence. 4,500, like, I yeah, mean, yeah. it's just a full-on crisis. Like, yep. the, the burns, uh, I don't know. It, it it just doesn't feel like it's happening, but the, certainly the volume's there. Just nothing else is happening for him. Like, literally nothing. I, I, I There's no other reason. Uh, he has zero primary assists, two secondary assists. The only reason, and seven blocks in 10 games. Like, you're only doing this because of the shots, um, and it's not even as crazy good as but, it was, you know, earlier, but it, it's good for 4,500. It's very good. But again, you're just getting very little otherwise. And I'm not sure this is the spot where that changes. Yeah. Two, two things. Number one, he just hasn't had full special off. That's why the primary assist <sighs> hasn't been there. He's just missing that guy. And number two is if you do play Brent Burns and your lineup gets torpedoed by Brent Burns, please tweet us. Hashtag. I got Burns. Get it. And then it, Matt will make a TikTok just for you. Oh wow, that's actually uh, I, I don't know how to do that though. So by I'll I'll try my best. If you send me, we something. need like a like a like a jail like a jail cell falling down on the lineup. Like you got burns, and then like burns flashes with sunglasses on. Um, yeah, the, his so, picture is perfect. Uh, yeah, so I'll I'll work on it. Yeah, realistically speaking, you know, you mentioned the point of like not having Svechnikov or whatever, which you know I get it. It's easy for a guy on the point to pass it over to a guy who just shoots and scores because you know that's the John Carlson, you know, whatever. Like it's very easy to imagine that. Um, even Tony D'Angelo, who wasn't bad at running the point, which by the way, if Tony D'Angelo plays, you don't want to play Brent Burns either. Um, but. Only Tony D'Angelo only had a 55% point involvement. Like that's pretty low for a defenseman on the power play. We typically see that in the range of 65% to 70%, just because, you know, the dynamic you're saying where the play typically runs through the defenseman. That's not really the case here. Um, it's largely Sebastian Ajo uh, sort of distributing. So like, you know, he'll curl up into the D area and pass it to Svechnikov or whoever. Um, so just a little bit of, pause there even you know saying like okay I, i'm playing svechnikov burns has to be a good play right like that's not necessarily the case and i think lends more credence to playing aho with svechnikov even if they're not five on five correlated so uh minor note nothing crazy there like just do whatever the optimizers tell you to do i'm not going to say to overrule anything um, but at least that's my opinion and this is a podcast full of my opinions all right natural anything going once going twice uh yeah, no, I'm not playing it. Okay. You know, honestly, um, I will say the one thing is is that UC Saros at 8K is probably not getting played. 
I mean, Absolutely you want to talk about not. a guy that could. That has has could. that bet hit for you yet, DJ? No one's going to play him. Has the uh, Saros bet hit yet? It, this is the slate. Uh, and, and then what is that? 50 this plus is or 60 plus slate, sir? I think it's 60. Okay. It was it was some think, like season long 60. special. Yeah, I guess you're just not gonna yeah, tell the audience what the hell I'm talking about. So uh yeah, no, it is season one special if he ever has sixty saves in a game. Um, uh, because he did twice last year, then yeah. you you get like uh, it was like two fifty to one. So I put like twenty bucks on it because I was feeling it frisky. And this is the slate he does it, and no one's gonna play him at eight K. Include because he shouldn't. It's a terrible play. Hor- horrendous. Um, but it just might work for us. I can't wait Anyways, to clip that. We're on to All Dallas right. um, and St. Louis. Yeah, Dallas, St. Louis. Um, Dallas and St. This, Louis. This this game is just the factory of sadness. I I mean, uh, congratulations to Jason Robertson for finally having a good weekend. I guess um, he decided to have nine shots and two assists against Vancouver. Uh, following a bonus against uh, Seattle with a goal and then had a point against Nashville. Congratulations, Jason Robertson. Um, I still have no interest in paying any amount of money for you, um, especially on this week of slate. So uh, I, I'm not even in good in good faith. I'm not even going to talk about Thomas Harley. This slate is too big. There's too many good plays for me to talk about Thomas Harley. Okay. Yeah. No, this game is very not interesting. Um, it's a yeah. I I think the only thing I could talk, like, well, I I'm going to I guess say is that you have on one end the St. Louis team that has been bad for most of the season. It is a six and a half over under minus one oh eight on that over. Dallas is minus one sixty six road favorites, and St. Louis has been bad. So I get why you look at guys like oh Miro Heiskanen and Robertson, and you think it's still really cheap, but it's probably not a good play. And then on the other side of things, I mean. I'm not interested. I, I don't know how you play St. Louis and not play Cairo, even though he's not on the first power play, unless the things have changed. Um, but against Chicago, when I believe he must have broken the slate, he was on the first he power did. play actually. So maybe he Can is again. Confirm. I don't know. They got scored on. They got scored on when he was out there on the power play, and the other unit scored twice uh, without him, Thomas, or Buznevich. So keep an eye on whatever they do. But the point being is if you're playing St. Louis, it just doesn't matter to me. You have to play it through Kyra probably at this point, 5,500. He is their most prolific offensive player. It's not necessary here. You're basically saying goaltending completely fails again in Dallas, and I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to probably also fade this oh. game and move on to Colorado and yes. Arizona. So, uh, Jake Andre remains out. So, you know, if you're a goalie, bro, that's yep. obviously Wedgwood or Matt Murray. Um, you know, almost certainly Wedgwood. And these teams met uh, a week and a half ago, and Kairu had another smash night against them. Uh, now, like you were saying, this was when he was not on the pop, pop, top power play, whatever, but he had a goal, two assists, nine shots, like just, you know, uh, Jordan Kairu did. Um, so he's still definitely too cheap for. Uh, what currently is his role which you're saying top power play and line one like sure that's great um that does make me a little more leery though that like if he smashes he's probably bringing along two talented players in thomas and bushnevich with him so like it's fine but it's not quite as interesting as it would have been if you could just say okay one off 
and nobody's going to play, you know, freaking uh, Kevin Hayes or Braden Shen, whoever his center was, who wasn't correlated to him. And you could sort of make the argument of like, you know, oh, well, you know, Kairou gets three points, but one of the assists comes from Hayes. One of the assists comes from, you know, Thomas on the power play, so on and so on. Um, it's tougher to, to make that argument. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like you can play Kairou as a one-off. I certainly will not hate that. Okay. Colorado, Arizona. Um, these teams just played like, you know, so I, I don't know, but there's really not much else of interest to say Colorado won this one in an absolute snoozer. Um, that this game was so boring. I, I, yeah, it was really disappointing for, uh, finding the money for like Kale McCarr and friends and just having nothing happen all game long. Um, but yeah, that's what happens. Sometimes these good teams can take care of business. They can just lock down the other team. Um, and you know, Arizona's at home now, but that doesn't really make me all that more interested in this spot. So uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, no, if I'm going to have my heart absolutely shattered, um, it's going to be by Toronto and not Colorado, but that's because I don't really plan on playing either. But I guarantee if I, if you turn the cards over and I have one, uh, it's, it's going to be Toronto. So I've, I've hitched my wagon to Toronto rather than Colorado on this slate. I think, they'll get more ownership than they probably should um, just because people will look at some of these recent game logs for guys like McKinnon. And maybe if they just ignore this one little blip in the system, they'll see that 65 and that 36 and uh, McKinnon and just sort of jump. Um, I'm not going to jump. I'm, I'm going to sit back and not play. Certainly like, you know, Colorado's in consideration, but I'm not planning on playing them. Arizona's not relieving in, in any form of consideration other than, Mincelli, like 4,200, he's a one-off piece, but I think there's plenty of one-off pieces I like, and I don't really know if I'm going to, I'm not like targeting him specifically, so he's a good play, like at, like you know, we mentioned it before, it's like 300 more now than it was, and he's still in the same role, um, playing enough minutes, shooting enough top power play, whatever, but yeah, I'm probably all set on this game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, still not sure where you're finding an N in Michelli, but you know, whatever. It is what it is. Um, oh my God, Michelli, Michelli. Wasn't there a player like uh, that played for like the Amherst and the Sabers, Michelli? Um, like, uh, I think I'm. I think I'm wrong still, but it had an N in his name for sure. I'm gonna th- confusing. I'm confusing two players' names again. Interesting. Uh, oh, uh, wait. I I I'm I think it was Mancini. Like Mancini. Yeah, Mancini or like something like that. Mancini, I, I don't know. There was some guy that was like, and uh, you know, we were younger. I don't know how young, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I will discuss this off air. I think I can dig up his name, but I'm obviously not going to spend the time right now to uh, to do so. But you, you're not completely off target. There, there might be someone who existed previously uh, with a similar name to that, if not exactly. Okay, uh, Winnipeg, Chicago. Um, Gabe Velarde, 5,600, has been nothing short of uh, revelation. Um, You know, since he got healthy, he returned to the lineup, you know, took a few games to get going. Uh, Since, let's call it uh, December 10th, you know, Anaheim, a goal, three shots, 14. Uh, San Jose, they lost two to one. 
That was, I'm sure everyone remembers that game where they tilted everyone. And the very next night, they beat LA 5-2, where Villardi had four points, a goal, three assists, three shots, 31 DraftKings points. And he's only continued that one of form into uh, the holiday break. Colorado scored twice, four shots, 23. Montreal beat them up for 19. Detroit, 26. And now Boston heading into the break, 21. I mean, this line is playing incredible. I think Gabe Velarde is sort of the engine here, uh, but that's dragged along. Nick Ellers, um, who's been very good, and Mark Shifley, who continues to be one of the more efficient players in the NHL. So, like, uh, on the road, it's a bit different, but this still is a very, very good spot, and I don't think Winnipeg's expensive enough. So uh, how do you feel about Winnipeg here? Yep. No, I really like it. Uh and I feel like it could easily get ownership because I just think there is a scenario where you play uh, at least Ehlers and Velarde with Toronto and make it work. And then you could probably circle back and think, man, is there a way I could get Shafley? And like, it probably is doable, especially if there's a Ronta on this slate and it's, it's a slippery slope into chalk donkey dumb or yeah, actually that might be a good, a little catchphrase for you. Chalk donk, donkey dumb, where it's like fandom for being a chalk donkey, but you're also dumb. Another TikTok idea, Matt. Write that down. I, I've got um, it in my catalog. Perfect. I actually don't know if you're going to get like, you, you know, you're going to actually exclude Marner and or Riley if you're going to do the full Winnipeg. But again, I, you could talk yourself into it. Again, hashtag chalk donkey dumb. At, do people hashtag on TikTok? Anyways, okay, I'm going to stop talking so. about stupid stuff and get back on track. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Winnipeg, it's a good play. It's obvious how to play it. Not too much thought needs to go into it. Their full line, their full, you know, power play, all of the Ehlers, Filardi, Shifley, Morrissey, I get it. Like you were saying before, like, yikes, getting awfully expensive. He has been good, though. It's not like it's completely unwarranted at 6,500. Like, the shot volume's been there. Um, He's certainly involved, and the minutes come along with him. There's also block upside, and I know they're playing Chicago, but I assume they'll deploy him again against Bedard a bit and Bedard will shoot the puck from you know different spots and he's they're they're blockable shots I, I assume uh, most shots are so yeah I think it's it's all doable and it's all understandable how high is the ownership going to be you know that's really what I think you're going to have to tackle yeah. um so yeah you want to try to tackle it almost certainly going to be the most stone stack on the night um now whether that's you know 19 percent or whether that's 11 percent I'm honestly not sure. You know, 14 games, there's a ton to to work through. Obviously, there's multiple good spots, but this, I think, is the best. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just their mid-tier pricing and their top-tier production as of late, I think will swing swing toward at least, you know, 15% on, like, the lowest-owned piece of Winnipeg here, um, at the very least. So, um, yeah, any interest in... Uh, read my mind wow. uh yep. so if you're asking me if i have any interest in these uh ancillary winnipeg pieces as your word put it um honestly the answer is almost certainly no they're just not getting enough minutes like nino uh yep. it's been a player that like his line has been productive all season long um but they're you just you cannot project them for 15 minutes and i just can't pay 4600 for someone with that little time on ice um, so there is upside, you know, mix it in and your, you know, MME sets or whatever, because Lowry is inexpensive, you know, they, there's clearly upside here to be had. Um, 
but it's just not projectable enough for me to be all that interested in. And the second line is is not anything I want a part of. It's largely Niederreiter, Lowry, and then like maybe Appleton by extension if you are really stretching for like a full stack. Um, but yeah, I even think Pionk will get ownership. We've seen Pionk get a bunch of ownership for some reason lately. And, you know, that's like not someone I want to play into 10% ownership. That's where you're wrong, Twitter pants. But right. um, on on the Chicago side of things, well, you know, we'll, we'll get full lineups tomorrow. Uh, I guess it could, in theory, go back to something different than Donato with Bedard, but Donato was playing very well there. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I feel like they didn't play together last game. But honestly, ah, God, it feels like it's been forever ago, and it really hasn't been that uh, long. Bedard um, played Bedard with Felito and Kurashev. Yep, that's what I thought. Um, but including did the cool power thing play. of the Michigan goal and yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, Korczynski was back. Um, power play one, so any of that super cheap, weird players is gone. But I just don't think I'm going to do it. This Winnipeg team is good. Um, it's Bedard or nothing, and you could easily one off him. But I, I just think 6400 on a 14 game slate just. I don't think I'm going to do it, uh, but I, I get it because you, you got to keep Winnipeg going. Uh, if you're playing the full stack, maybe you consider Bedard. It's not like I, I think like the real thing is you look at it as like Bedard's cheaper than Mark Shifley. Like, could you convince yourself just not play Mark Shifley? Like, I don't know. But then again, it kind of feels like you're losing the plot of your lineup at that point. Um, it it's interesting. It, it feels like man, I, the last thing I want to do is become Mark Shifley over Connor Bedard because of like the upside skill and blah blah blah. But like. I, answer that riddle and then let's move on. I kind of want to play Nick Felino, thirty four hundred, power play one, oh, kills penalties. Like I mean, books. you you could literally get a dude who plays twenty minutes at thirty four hundred alongside Connor Bedard, and like yeah, obviously playing Bedard is 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 fine, but like it's a tougher spot. You know the efficiency um, is tough to bet on, but. Nick Felino has to do next to nothing to, to be worthwhile at 3,400. So I'm, I'm at least keeping his name in mind if I get down to it. And like, you know, I, I, I can afford to spend, you know, 900 over a punt to fit in a couple studs because Felino is just, you know, uh, not good, but he's in a really good role and he's really uh, like fine at what he does, which is like bang pucks in and, you know, sitting at front on the power play. So um, there's a little bit of everything as far as blocks are concerned, um, you know, with the PK role too. So, you know, chase those points. It's, it's the time to do it. I think before, uh, you know, he gets priced up to 4k and, you know, it's just all for naught. So, all right. Uh, okay. Whatever. Good point. We move on. I don't want to talk about Nick Foligno. You don't have to, cause I already did Seattle, Calgary, um, Calgary home, uh, I played them against LA. They scored like a billion power play goals, but it was the second power play, I think, that scored all of them. Um, so I don't think I'll be doing that again, but they feel pretty cheap. Kadri, 57. Lindholm, 54. Uh, Raster Sanderson, we've talked about how solid he's been, just blocking every shot imaginable, taking a bunch of shots. You know, he's an offensive, uh, he's an offensive weapon, I'll say it. So uh, 6K, whatever. Not a good matchup whatsoever, but there's at least an argument you can make that this Calgary team is, you know, far too cheap and like they're going to be, I don't know, eight times less owned than Winnipeg. And is there a one in eight chance they beat them? Probably. So, yeah, um, you know, 
whatever. It's what I did lastly, and it just didn't work. So, you know, I, I probably won't go back to it on a 14 gamer um, in a less fun game. You know, it, it, the argument was LA would score. Calgary keeps up. You know, will Seattle score? I don't know. So, DJ, any thoughts on Seattle? Yeah, I feel like you absolutely just talked yourself into the correct answer, which was which was an interesting uh it was it was an interesting train to follow, and it was absolutely correct. I mean, this is the lowest total on the slate. Um, I do agree that like if you play Calgary, you're not wrong because of exactly what you said. It's like, man, it, a one in eight chance they, that one of these lines can't break the slate. Sure. Like I, I think in that scenario, you're just playing Kadri. Um, they did have Zari back on the top power play with uh, you know, Sharon Govich, Lindholm, Anderson, etc. We've kind of talked about the price on Rasmus Anderson getting a little bit too pricey, but he has been that good, in my opinion. Uh, back to back to back to back to back blocks bonuses. The point upside's there. He actually had a blocks and a shot bonus and a goal against LA. And you know what I mean? Like, I do think that upside does exist. So you could do it, but this is just a horrendous game. Um, the environment doesn't look good. And as I already said, it's the lowest total on a 14 game slate. So, on a small slate, I think that this that's incredibly intriguing, um, especially because the ownership would probably be even higher on Winnipeg one, and you're like even getting probably more leverage against the field that wouldn't play it. But on a 14 game slate, it kind of feels like you're limiting your upside a little too much, for, in my opinion. Other than like I said, I think Rasmus Anderson and like a cadre type of situation that that's like the only angle I'm even looking at. Um, that's it, and I move on. Seattle. I, I don't have any interest, honestly. Like, it's Bjorkstrand, obvious, like, just the way shooting, but, like, I just, I'm not going to do it. So 5K is too much for me in this game, in this matchup. Um, I also, like, I, I'd rather, again, like, it's expensive, but, like, 8K for Markstrom, like, I think there is, you know, 30, 35 save and a bonus type upside because Seattle will just not score and shoot, but it's kind of whatever. It's yeah, not, they they flashed a power play you know, one that has tough to find. Yamamoto. Um yeah, it's so creepy. McCann is back. So McCann returned, and he played on the power play with Wenberg, who he's playing with at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, and then otherwise, it was Bjorkstrand, Dunn, and Yamamoto. Uh, that likely leaves Eberle, Beneers, Tatar as power play correlated um, in full. Um, yeah, uh, Justin Schultz remained out, so Riker Evans is probably with those guys. But, like, yeah, I just don't think you need to play uh seattle full on this slate like um you know so i saw in the discord people are already talking about it's a jam cracking slate because it's calgary and like i just don't think that'll happen so you know if you're seeing any reason to believe that seattle's in a good spot then you should probably just play them because i don't think they get a ton of ownership given the game total given the road matchup like it's just not gonna draw much um now that bjorkstrand and tolvanen are just a bit more expensive than they were when they were like complete chalk in really good spots like this is really neither um so yeah i don't know like that's sort of where i'm at it's where it's like yeah they have to have like the lowest implied team total there isn't a single they actually have some props up now and like there isn't a single player at minus money for two and a half shots on goal so vegas is basically saying that they're actually not gonna have shots or goals i mean i just feel like people aren't gonna play them so like again if you want that leverage for whatever reason go for it but like they're not getting played so okay vegas anaheim i think that's fine so we can move on yep um Uh, yeah vegas is very pricey um they they they, they're coming off of a loss actually two losses in florida um tampa and florida both beat them 
Um, Florida was an absolute ass kicking. So I would imagine we're going to see some line shuffling. I don't know what that looks like. Again, if it's Eichel, Marsh or so because of their power play roles, I think you can play those two together, but otherwise, yeah, there's really not much here until the pricing comes back down. Yeah, no, I, I think it's probably a full fade, but I do, I, I expect, uh, Eichel, Marsh or so, but like, if it is Mark Stone as well, I mean, what if they go all in, is that intriguing enough with a full power play, full top line correlation against Anaheim? Like, does that do it for you? Or is that still it's, just like... It's good enough. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, I think mean... I think that then you're considering. And then, are, are, again, are you throwing in a Peach Frangelo type of a look as well? Like, we're yeah, at that point, it's no Theodore. I, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're almost certain. Um, yeah, we're, we're almost certain Theodore is going to remain out for the time being. Um, hmm. So, yeah, and I just don't have any interest in Anaheim here either. Like, Trevor Zegras at 3,900 is somewhat interesting because, like, you know, he has mm-hmm. a role and we know what that role is. Um, But, man, like, Terry, Kalorn, like, they all correlate with him. McTavish, Drysdale fill out the power play. Like, I want to like it. I really, really do. Like, you know, Drysdale is like, you know, he's 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 my king. You know, my twenty five like, minutes he's, he's last the best, game. Twenty five minutes. It's just it's just so thin that I, I don't think mm-hmm. I can get there. Yeah, um, I, I I I do agree. It's really hard in this matchup, and it does feel like one of those situations where it, where we might not see prices like this again. But. Mm-hmm are you going to play a bad play because it's a little bit of leverage and it's a little bit of a discount, but still a bad play. Um, the top two lines really do roll like McTavish for Toronto and Ryan Strome. Um, of course, McTavish on a power play without both of them, uh, Strome and Vitrano. And then, you know, Zegris and Terry are correlated uh, with Kalorin as well on the top power play. So it's like a full Zegris, Terry, Kalorin line and power play. But again, it, it's all three wingers I'll mention. I don't really know why. Yeah. Uh, Zegers isn't at center. I think if you at center, honestly, I might consider it. Like, I, I really think at 3,900 at center, I might be like, oh boy. Uh, just because I think the savings at center is going to be a bit more valuable. Um, they're just better mid-tier wing options that are one-offable. Um, but I, I think at, at cards are going to turn over. I'm not going to have it. But it, it's intriguing. Um, I like Vegas, like I said, a little bit more, especially because I think if they do a, a shake-up right, that's, you know, March or so, Eichel, and Petrangelo, that that actually is pretty interesting here. But we can move on to the final game. It, it's also a, a really important one to discuss. Um, unless if you have any last notes. No, uh, LA San Jose. Let's just uh, finish up this marathon. Uh, San Jose. Let's just X them out. If Couture plays, you know, I'll be playing the late slate to get a piece. But like on the main slate, these prices are pretty ridiculous. LA is now at home. Like, there's really no. There's there's just no reason to to go there. So LA, um, we're we're looking at what should be Kopitar, Byfield, and Kempi. Um, mm-hmm. you know the problem, the reason they're not going to be as owned, in my opinion, as Winnipeg is that you've got other very viable options to go elsewhere. You have Pierre Luc Dubois, Kaliev, and uh, Laferriere. Those guys were all like 78% the last time they played San Jose. We did that for a podcast. So, you know, we talked about that extensively. Um, So like they're going to be the cheap value jam. And then you have Kevin Fiala, Trevor Moore, and Phil Deneau, who, you know, have been very good. Trevor Moore, I think, leads the team in goals. Um, Is that that right? 
yeah that's, that's right that's, right that's like that's like way right oh my god Kempi only has nine goals on the year more has 16 okay um so yeah th- there's probably splitting of la you know I, I i prefer the top line that's power play correlated but really that has not mattered uh for this team they pretty evenly split their units um yeah so like it's it's a little bit of uh uncertainty for me because this feels something like saturday night with colorado and arizona where like they just get up early and shut it down um and that's a huge concern for me because we don't know who's going to help them get up early you know this isn't colorado where you know they kind of have to get up early by getting at least one goal from someone uh, who then pays off their salary um you know the chushkin couldn't get there on his one goal but like you know byfield could technically so like maybe you can make the argument that that's okay but like you know there's also three lines that could do it and it's just very very concerning so um yeah, any any particular leans as it comes to LA here, any need for value or anything like that come to mind as you're thinking about this game? No, I, I think you've sufficiently covered it here. Um, I honestly think that people will use LA to get savings again. Um, Kelly has been useful enough, but the minutes have been pretty hit or miss. And Dubois, um, a lot of people talking about it, he's come back to life a bit though. And you could use that savings at center. As I mentioned, it's kind of valuable on this slate to get pieces elsewhere. So I, I could see them getting ownership. I think if, if to avoid that, if I'm doing LA, I'm just going all the way in. Feels like a decent actual pivot spot to go all in on LA one. Um, if like you're dead, like, I don't know at nine o'clock Eastern time or whenever, you know, but it was if having Winnipeg in, are you really going to know you're fully full fledged death? I don't know. I mean, maybe an injury or a goalie or whatever, but like that seems like a reasonable swap um, okay. over to LA. Uh, let's, you know. um, so other than that, though, uh, let's yeah, get to soft. Let's get to top stacks, guarantee goals, because I'll take the first stack off the board. You know, I just said LA one, whatever, you know, who, who cares? You can play them. That's obviously the full line stack. I like the most. Um, but what about playing something like, uh, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, like you said, is is back. You know, he's maybe not all, all the way back. He's not what LA traded for, but like he's at least somewhat productive and he plays with solid line mates. Uh, what if you played Pierre-Luc Dubois with, say, you know, uh, Arthur Kaliev, Kevin Fiala, Trevor Moore, basically saying like, you know, everyone hits, it's San Jose, they get rolled. Um, and you're getting, I think, a good value in 6K Kevin Fiala. Now, Fiala probably has the hit on the power play, but because Kopitar and Kempi are more expensive than him, you know, it's not that crazy to think Fiala is the piece you need from that unit. And then you dip down to like five on five line mate, Trevor Moore, who's scoring a ton. He leads the team in expected fantasy points over the last 10. Like it's totally sustainable what he's been up to. Um, and then you save a bit of money by playing Dubois, Kaliev sort of with it. You get that power play to exposure. You know, maybe something like that. So, so give me that for my first stack. Just you know, saving money with LA. Wow, saving money with LA. What a fun name for the stack you just put together. And I'm the only one who's thought of. Oh, I feel like this LA too. You know, no one else. That's the first time any cheap value on LA. So would make sense to me that no one else would yeah i feel like i spent most of this podcast talking about stacks i don't like and i guess kind of gone over and over again um what i'm I'm not gonna play but what i am gonna end up probably playing is um 
boy, I hate to say it. So I'm going to take Winnipeg and not play them. By the way, I'm not going to take them here, but I will just obligatorily say that they are very high in my consideration set regardless of ownership at this point, but I could I could get talked off of it. But I think if I'm going to play Winnipeg, I actually might go to the Devils, who I don't think will get nearly the ownership that Toronto will get, and just realizing that it truly is about the same price. Um, I think I'd pivot over here instead. Like Brat, Toffoli, and um, Hughes all together. And I think, we, you know, I, I was kind of hesitant on it. I think you kind of made a, I kind of made the point of like, they kind of spread the wealth, you know, blah, blah, blah. But every other podcast, this entire, my entire life on this show, all I've talked about is who drives the bus. And that's Jack Hughes. Why am I here not going to do it when I actually think that this is, you know, a good price for Napoleon Bratt? Um, I think you could very easily as well just take the fully off of that. Um, it used to be a situation where Bratt was so much more expensive that you know, whatever. And you could add Luke Hughes if you need the savings. So I could mm-hmm. go either way here. I might, you know, I might just go with Hughes, Hughes, and Brat for now, just because that truly isn't that expensive. And I do I like think that. you're going to get away from Toronto ownership. Um, and I don't really think it's that much different. So again, I kind of took two sacks of one here. It was more of like a, you know, if you're just jamming Toronto Winnipeg, that is definitely going to be the chalk. Getting over to New Jersey in a very similar type of situation, I don't think it's that much different. And honestly. For all, all I said about uh, Toronto, kind of, I mean, New Jersey having three lines that can roll. Toronto definitely has two lines that can roll with Nylander and Tavares, um, for, for sure. And the other lines in New Jersey, what am I really afraid of? Timo, Timo Mayer is going to do it again? No, I'm not. What am I saying? I'm being a fool. Even, it's Jack Did, did you take He's seven stacks? I have, I have no idea. Okay, whatever. Just please, please be done. It's, 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 Hugh, I'm going Hughes, Hughes, Brett. Thank you. Okay. Uh, for my second Steve. one, for my second one, you know, I'm going to lean into a bit more of a leverage angle. Now, obviously mixing and matching lines in LA, you know, you're not likely to get a ton of duplications. So you probably don't need to like combine these strategies, you know, into one lineup or whatever. Um, but I think one way to very quickly build a bit different of a lineup is to uh, run out a sort of a Buffalo mini with Devin Levi. Uh, or UPL if he starts, but 7,100 Levi at home. You know, we've seen big games from Buffalo goalies. We've also seen some disasters. So what better way to sort of, you know, totally capitalize on the fact that like 50, 60, 70% of the fields, especially in smaller field stuff, is going to be locked into one of two goalies. Uh, Ronta if he starts, and then the favorite Gustafson at 7,200. You bet on Levi at 71 to get there. And then you play two really solid underpriced pieces in Tuck and Skinner. Um, I'm assuming they will correlate with one another. You know, they've played with the lines a bit, so that's not necessarily true. So just double check that. Um, but, you know, when you play that, you're not eating a ton of ownership. So, like, yeah, Tage could smash in that situation, but he's not, you know, like, he doesn't have to uh, for those guys to pay off their sub 6K price tags. Um, you know, Dalene's a bit priced up. So, like, you play those two guys in the goalie. You can do whatever you want for your lineup. You want to play, you know, a Winnipeg stack, go for it. You want to play, you know, the the chalky way to play LA, go for it. So, um, you know, and the reason, you know, Buffalo, um, there's good reason to believe that some of Boston's struggles have been due to their defensive injuries. And, you know, if you're getting healthier, like we talked about, but, um, you know, Buffalo has deserved, you know, over the last 10 in a tier with Florida, New Jersey, um, and then behind Winnipeg LA, but like they're up among the top of the slate and the stuff I like to look at. Um, so yeah, uh, there's some merit there, like statistically too, that Buffalo is just in a fine spot. So 
there's your leverage stack of the night in my book. All right, last stack for me. Um, I'm going to go with a little different here. Uh, Aho with Sveshnikov. Now, I'm hoping they'll be five and five related. We obviously don't know. And they weren't last game. They gave up five. They lost five to four. Who knows? I think they that very soon they're going to go back to the Aho Sveshnikov situation. But as you kind of mentioned, it's like, okay, well, how does, you know, what does it look like when Sveshnikov gets there? It's probably coming through the power play. And who is passing him the puck? It's Aho. That, that's the discussion. There's mm-hmm. a lot of options for a third guy in here. If you hate yourself and you love pain, it could be Brent Burns. If you love yourself, um, but you still like pain for some reason, it could be Nachos. Um, I don't know. You could probably go either way on that one. I'll just say Burns if you want, and we'll move on. But I think going Aho Sveshnikov, whether they're five on five or not, is fine. And in reality, you could even just really one off Sveshnikov, like I said. So mm-hmm. if you need that savings, go right ahead. But yeah, I just I kind of wanted to give a, a shout back to that because I think you kind of talked me into it. And then I was like, yeah, let's move on. I'll get back to it at the end. I really did like that stack. And that idea. So, and I think again, if you play like Carolina and New Jersey, you're not going to eat that much ownership. And then you could probably still find a way, depending on how you're doing it, to get a piece of Winnipeg. Um, you're not going to include Aho in this build, but you know, yada, yada. Let's move on. I know you want to get out of here and we're pushing, I don't even know at this point for time. So let's a get the guaranteed trillion, goals. A trillion hours. All right. My first guaranteed goal uh, Alex Ovechkin. 7,200, it's time. Ovi's going to start the goals train. He's still shooting a ton. The team's playing fine. You know, a lot of their success has been defensive, but like their offensive numbers look fine. They're just getting very unlucky shooting. Uh, Dylan Strom is, you know, just magma. Like everything he shoots goes in. It's Ovi's time. He's 7,200. It allows me to do a lot with the rest of my build. So uh, what what you got for me for your first guaranteed goal? Yeah, that's a, that's a really intriguing one. Um, I I mean it's it's not that that hard to see it coming through. Uh I will go with um man, I was about to name a player that wasn't even on the slate, so that would have been fun. Uh uh I mean there are four teams not on this slate, so that is yeah, an and I literally one. was like what was Pedersen's price? Like, oh my god, Doug, what if Vancouver's not on this slate? I was like, I don't remember talking about him at all. <laughs> okay, cool. Um I'll go Adrian Kempe, you kind of hinted at it, and I know you didn't mention him in your stack, so I'm really just going against you here, but I'll go with my upper price guy being Kempe. Like, this guy should be scoring more. It's it's not for lack of shooting. It's yeah, He's well, been very unlucky, love, actually, and I was like... You love to make sure we're both fishing out of the exact same pond for our second one, because Kempe's 71, OV 72. Um, oh, I'm going to take Ricard Raquel, uh, 3,600. You know, just a good spot. Top line with sitting cancel and he's a perfectly fine one-off play um so there you go what do you got yeah 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 you, you were very ready and i very much wasn't um for my second one so let me so i, I yeah how much did i have left i had a couple hundred thirty nine hundred thirty nine you have a few decent options that i didn't a beautiful have access price. to uh marco rossi theoretically top power play maddie Beniers. we talked about mm-hmm. him and his line mates Zegris. um and then Zegras. yeah so yeah or anyone else. I'll, I'll know, go Zegras. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. No, I'll go Zegras. I mean, I think that, that that makes perfect sense. Um, So Ovi, Raquel, Kempe, Zegras. That sounds very, very, very good. Um, Yep. Okay. Let's get out of here. Go eat dinner if you haven't already. I like it.
Alrighty. Uh, thank you all for listening. A big slate Wednesday, so make sure in the Discord, DM one of us. Uh, I am at Fake Moods, DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell 94, or DM the podcast at Money Skate Pod uh, to get in there. We've made somewhat uh, direct references to it throughout the show, but make sure you check out the uh, TikTok or my TikTok. I guess it's not it's not our TikTok. It's my TikTok, you know, uh, at BFS Moods, I named it. Um you know, whatever. It's pretty direct to the point. Uh, it's what I'm doing there, but I'm just posting uh, clips of the podcast and potentially other stuff. You know, who knows what else I'll come up with? Probably nothing exciting. But if you're over on TikTok, please give 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 me a follow. Um, and maybe we can grow and become. You know, we can start the next trend of like I don't know, running around shirtless when Ovi scores or something. Um, so like, hey, uh, no, you know, no uh, it's it's a that. brand new world out there. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. Fine. Uh, no I'm going to talk about that. best ball next, so hurry up and <laughs> hurry up and end this podcast before I talk about my best ball team again. Oh, thank God! All right, DJ what with the perfect outro. Um, all right, thank you all for listening. From Doug, from DJ, from myself, and we see everybody, and we will see you.